Praise the Lord, it's chat time. Yes, praise the Lord, it's chat time again. Now this week, we're going to continue to discuss current events and scripture. Praise the Lord. It's that time again for the phrase of the week. And the phrase is lick the dust. And it means to fall flat on your face, especially when you are mortally wounded or humiliated. That uh, it also means to die, and sometimes we, sometimes we, instead of say lick the dust, we say bite the dust. He bit the dust, and you can find that in Psalm seventy-two, verse nine, and it reads, "They that dwell in the wilderness shall bow before him, and his enemies shall lick the dust." And that's where it came from, the King James version of the Bible. So now I want to talk about euthanasia. I found this article on My Christian Daily, and it seems like it's just something that's becoming bigger and bigger and bigger in this world. Well, I guess it's like the opposite end of abortion. You know, you kill them when they come in, and you kill them when it's time. When they get old, you kill them when they're going home. You kill them when they're in pain. It's almost like that movie. What was that movie, the uh, Green... They turned them into... Soy and green? Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's, it's, it's like sanctioned murder. You sanction murder in the womb, 
and then you sanction it, sanction it out of the womb. You know, and even in the scriptures, no matter seemed like how tough things got, how bad things were, you didn't hear of a person wanting to kill himself except in a few instances, like when Saul uh, asked, I guess, his armor bearer to slay him. And armor bearer wouldn't do it, no matter how bad things got. And then when Saul fell upon his own sword and he died and the person took credit for it and went to David and bragged about how he had killed David's enemy, killed Saul, Saul killed that person. I mean, uh, David killed that person because he said, you, you said this out of your own mouth, that you, that you slew Saul. And David wouldn't, wouldn't even lay a finger on him. He said, but you had the nerve to touch what God had set up and what the Lord was supposed to take down. David killed him. The man died for a line thinking he was going to get a reward. But even in the worst of times, it just appears as if no matter how bad things got, you didn't, when Herod was eating the worms, you didn't hear him saying, well, you know, put me out my misery. It's like people held on to life and they clung to life as much as they possibly could. But now in this day and age, they glorify. Life is so cheap. Yeah, life they, is nothing They glorify people. killing people. You know, you see these movies uh, uh, with all these hit men and they're shooting people and taking people out without a conscience. You know, it's like that's a cool thing to be able to do, to kill someone and feel nothing. They glorify that. Yes. So, you know, it's like killing babies is nothing and people, you know, you see so many young kids getting shot mm -hmm. and killed. Because that's how they talk to, to solve a dispute. It's like they don't have the ability to think through an argument. They're not taught discourse. They're not taught how to present themselves. Yeah, they're not taught conflict resolution right. skills. Right. So they think that when they get angry, their first inclination is to kill somebody. And, and, and it's, it's going up to the parents. When, when Now when children have a conflict with their parents, they're killing their parents. And it's, it's, it's just and even, a shame. And even, you know, it used to be that you had a problem at work or whatever. You know, you would work it out or you would go to the union steward or, you, you know, there would always be some kind of negotiation or something. Right. But now... You, they go home, get a gun, come back and shoot everybody. <laughs> no, it's terrible. Yes. And then, you know, there are a lot of places where they, they uh, get rid of the young or the older people. Mm-hmm. Right, and then they try to glorify it like they were. Uh, I guess they were doing some type of documentary on some tribe that after you reach a certain age, they feel like you're no longer any use to the village. So, as a village, they kill their elders, I, and they and they present this documentary like that. Just that's just their way. That's just common everyday sense. life. That's just common sense. I said no. That's stupidity. They, they're killing off the wisdom within their culture. They're, they're killing off the experience. They're killing off their foundation. They, and I said, you find places that don't respect the wisdom of their elders, it's a, it's a place you don't want to be. I mean, you could just about tell how a country's going by how it treats its elders, its, its, its children, its women, and the people who are sick. If you find that they dispose of them, you don't want to be in a country like that. Well, we're elevating, well, not, not the United States yet, but you can, you can bet that it's going to come here, too. But we're elevating euthanasia to the next level here right. now in Canada. So in March of 2024, Canada's laws 
around eligibility for the medical assistance in dying, they nickname it MAID, M-A-I-D, the program is due to shift, allowing patients with mental problems and drug addictions to seek assisted suicide. So the par a parliamentary committee is due to examine the expansion in the next few months. If the legislation comes to pass, it means that people with substance abuse issues can access assisted suicide even if they have no physical ailments. Right, that, which is crazy. So instead of treating the person, you just help that individual end their life. According, that, that's so crazy. According to the Christian charity um, called CARE, C-A-R-E, Canada's assistance suicide laws are among the most liberal in the world. Having been introduced in 2016, use, use of them has expanded to such a large extent that now 36 people are euthanized every single day. I can believe it. I can believe that they're going to get sophisticated people, enough to commit murder. You know, people who live here in the United States or whatever state they're in, you know, sometimes you hear people say, I hate living here. I hate living in the United States. I'm going to go, go to Canada. Right. Mm -hmm. And then when they say that the United States has like 50 independent states, you might hate the state that you're in. Not so much the United States. You might not like, you might be in a state where they're not like-minded. You have to go find a state, a city, a town, that's, that thinks like you think and believes like you believe. I'm pretty sure you can find one. But with this euthanasia law, they're going to get sophisticated enough to, to plot murder. I mean, not assist the person in killing them, but actually plot and kill them and say they, they, they wanted to leave. You know, they, they wanted to go, so I helped them. I assisted them. You know, and, and everybody was just up in arms about the pandemic, that COVID-19 pandemic, and yeah. how it's killing people left and right, and we gotta keep from letting people die. And then when people wouldn't take the shot, they said, you don't deserve medical attention, you deserve to die, and they wouldn't treat But anyway, them. in Canada, according to their government data, it indicates that more people have died since 2016 having accessed their assisted suicide program than than those that died from the COVID-19 pandemic. makes you wonder, though, how many of those are really assisted suicides? And how, really, how many of them are really just murders? Because how can you tell now? It's like people who wore the mask. How can you tell if they're coming to rob the bank or they're just, or they're just uh, obeying the mandate of the day? I'm saying that that's a slippery slope. And I'm hoping that you find a country that is so cavalier about life like that, then usually it really falls into corruption, you know? And so when you get to the point, it's like a house divided against itself cannot stand. It reminds me of this album that this rock group put out and said, America eats us young. And I said, well, yeah, there are countries that really destroy themselves from the inside out. Now, it's a shame that there are people who have substance abuse issues. It's a terrible thing alcoholics, uh, drug addiction, mental health issues, mm -hmm. but it, you just never know when they will come to themselves and, and right. ask the Lord for help. Look how they tried to kill Nebuchadnezzar. You know, look how he had lost his mind. And it's such a thing as losing your mind. By the way, he was one of the first uh, trans people. 
He thought he was an ox. <laughs> he thought he was a cow. Oh, he actually started. Truth, and this is an example of just because you think something, act like it, doesn't make it so. I mean, they said his his hair grew like feathers. He was he looked like a little woolly mammoth out there eating grass along with the other cows. And 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 the Lord said he he took his mind. So for a person to think that there's something other than what God has made them, you're crazy. And, and I don't think nuts. that the Lord is taking the minds of people when they say that they're not who they are. Just, I'm, I'm not a man. I'm not they're a just woman. automatically crazy. They're, but they're, their mind is gone. But I mean, it's yeah. not like the Lord take, took their no, mind but, away. But it's an example of how your mind goes. Your mind can actually leave common sense, truth, and reason. But this is a terrible, terrible world when uh, it becomes more economical for a government to suggest that maybe people should just want to end their lives than to give them services to try to improve their lives. And these are people who think that the earth is overcrowded and therefore we need to call yeah, population, population control. Yes, to get it down to a certain number because in Georgia, the tablet says we have to eliminate at least, I mean, we get down to 500,000 people, so that's about like two and a half billion people that have to be sacrificed off the face of this planet. You know, and, and I believe that there are people who are alcoholics and drug addicts and even, even people who are suffering from mental health issues. I believe that there are some people that, that really know that they need, a pro they need help. They really know that they need help and they and some, struggle right. with that. And then some people, you know, they just push to a point where they might be delusional, but you're not supposed to support them in their delusion. This one man said people who have survived a suicide attempts by jumping off of buildings, bridges, and ledges, he said the moment when he interviewed them, they said the moment that they left and left into the air, they regretted it. But there was no way to get back. While they were falling, it was like, oh, Lord. But they couldn't undo what they had done. The Lord, in some cases, he blessed some to survive and some never make it. It's a terrible world now. But, you know, I wouldn't recommend going to Canada. <laughs> no, because when you have somebody in office who's denying themselves because the person, you know, you figure between the prime minister and Trudeau, they're, they're messed up. Yeah, and when you find people like that, when the head is sick, then the body's sick. And the Lord said, lawlessness and sin, it prospers where there's iniquity. And when you have a head uh, who does not really acknowledge the Lord or you believe in, in God, you know. You're so now this next article, it, it talks about um, an Alabama pastor and he also is not just a pastor, but a mayor of Smith Station, Alabama. And uh, he died by suicide. Now, here, here's a person who claims to be a pastor, but he doesn't believe that God can deliver him from whatever struggle he's going through. Right, right. The enemy... Has a person deceived or a person deceives themselves? Either way, somehow they feel like ending their life or in their suffering or their shame. Shame is a big shame and grief. I think are mm -hmm. very deadly. Yes. Um, 
emotions to go through. Yes, it is. You know, it's just, they're very, you have to pray like you never prayed before. When because you, the enemy comes to try to deceive a person and torment an individual. Feeling shame is, is. Yes, but the enemy torments, you know, and that's how you know it's the enemy because you're tormented. And then the Lord gives you the authority to rebuke because the enemy will come. And there are people who feel like they can have mind control, they can practice the dark arts, and they can actually control a person's way of thinking. And you fight that through the Holy Spirit because it's a spiritual warfare. And if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you get saved and you receive the Holy Ghost so that you can stand. So what happened with this pastor, and uh, also known as a mayor, he... Um, had to, he had to go before his congregation and he addressed the, the, his church from the pulpit and talked about, because he, he had to address the fact that there were pictures mm -hmm. from several social media accounts that he operated mm -hmm. and he reportedly presented himself as a transgender woman named Brittany Blair Summerlin. Okay. In some photos, he's seen wearing his wife's clothing, a blonde wig, and um, it was reported that he posted transgender pornography and pornographic sex stories. So he got and caught up so in the lust. that came out. Right. And he just couldn't take it. He just right. But see, there is nothing that God cannot forgive him for. His his shame was before the wrong crowd, because it's against God and God alone that he has sinned, not against the congregation. His his focus, his faith was misplaced. He he had to go to the Lord and say, Lord, I I've sinned. If he should have been embarrassed, then he should have been embarrassed before God. Not not so much the people, and, and but then, the Lord. And then take take yourself down from being a pastor. Right. Take yourself down go from in, being mayor. And go in, 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 in solitude like, like Moses and seek the Lord. Go in and separate yourself like Paul. Seek the Lord and ask the Lord to undertake so that your soul can be saved. Their life is committed to this world, just like King Saul. Honor me before the people. Your life is centered in this world. You forget that you have a soul and that that is everlasting. So anyway, how he did it was that uh, I guess uh, somebody called in the sheriff for a welfare check and he took off uh, in a vehicle. <laughs> and when he was being pursued, he pulled over onto the road and the official said he exited the vehicle and shot himself with a handgun. Right. So the enemy had him, and he himself had deceived himself to the point where the Lord couldn't reach him because he wouldn't allow the Lord to reach him. I do this, all my problems will go away. Right. They're thinking that that would solve their problem. That's just the beginning of your problem. Yes. For an eternity. Mm-hmm. And you can't escape that. No, they can't escape God's word. His promise is that if you don't trust in me, he said, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. It's not like I'm enjoying this. Well, I, I ran across this article on CBN.com, and it was about April Osteen Simmons. And I um, 
I mean, I know that Joel Osteen has a big mega church, and and but th this one caught my eye because first of all, I didn't know who she was in the hierarchy of the family, and. Um, so I started to read it, and it says that she is the youngest of five siblings. Her parents were Pastor John and Dodie Osteen. And the Osteen family had a very successful ministry, meaning that, like Joel Osteen's parents. Mm -hmm. and But at the same time, they faced tremendous challenges during their life. And so April has a sister, Lisa, See, now, Joel Osteen doesn't really talk about April, so mm -hmm. I know he talks about Lisa, his sister, and, and she was diagnosed with cerebral palsy from brain, and brain damage. Mm. And his, their parents prayed and fought for their daughter. Little by little, Lisa began improving. And then she started to roll over, and then she started to hold her bottle, and then she started to do little things that she couldn't do before. And eventually, Lisa was healed and went on to live a normal life. And she has her own ministry, and she works in the Joel Osteen ministry, and she has some good messages. She, mm -hmm. I mean, the Lord has used her in a mighty way to talk about God. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Joel... I mean, it's a little bit different than Joel when mm -hmm. she preaches. Mm -hmm. But um, the other thing about this Osteen family is that in 1981, the mother was diagnosed with stage 4 liver cancer. This, this article taught me something. Uh, and, and maybe it hit home because, uh, you know, the last couple of days, I, I even wake up in the middle of the night and I start to pray and intercede for people that I know mm -hmm. that I feel need healing or help or deliverance or, mm -hmm. or whatever. It's on my mind so much, you mm -hmm. know. So I think this article touched me. But um, I've heard about this. She was only given a few weeks to live, Dodie Osteen. Mm -hmm. And she was only 48 at the time. And the family... The family prayed. Actually, the doctor said that there wasn't anything else that they could do for her. And so her husband just took her out of the hospital and said, we're going to just take you home and we're going to pray and we're going to put you in the hands of the Lord and, and trust him to bring you out. And she was, I think, only like 81 pounds at the time. Right, reminds me of my aunt. And yellow and... Jaundice, yes. Uh, so she was only given a few weeks to live, and the family prayed and believed God, and um, it was it was like such heart. I mean, that's heartbreaking news when you get that. Mm -hmm. And you know, April was watching how her mother faced death head on. Right. She was amazed at. Um, okay. April watched how her mother faced death head on, and she was amazed at her trust in the Lord. She heard her daddy cry out to God to spare his wife's life, and she saw her mother literally stand on the word of God. 
One day she approached her mother's bedroom. She found her mom praying while standing on her Bible. Well, I don't know if I could do that personally because I can't even put stuff on top of my Bible, mm -hmm. let alone my feet. Mm -hmm. But Dodie Osteen refused to give up, April explains, and at that moment, Mama became my hero. As I looked into her eyes, I no longer saw death, but instead I saw a soul surging through and through with life. God healed her, and she is still cancer-free. To this day, she's alive, and um, you hear her speak sometimes <laughs> on Joel Osteen at, at the church or... Um, you hear about her. One of Dodie's doctors documented, I must tell you that knowing all the players and having seen all the tests and x-rays has made a tremendous impact on me. It is one thing to read about miracles, but it's another to sit by and watch one happen. Then in January of 99, April's father died suddenly after a heart attack at the age of 77. The family was shocked and heartbroken, and yet again, April was profoundly affected by how her mother handled losing her spouse of 44 years. She didn't just sit back after the death of my father. She turned the page and blazed a trail forward, says April. And then, while dealing with tremendous pain from sciatica, April Osteen went to the doctor barely able to walk, and the doctor administered shots and April was trying to get her mind off of the pain. So she looked at her doctor and said, your skin is so beautiful, what do you do? And surprised, her doctor responded, really? It must be the chemotherapy. <laughs> surprised, April had no idea what this woman was going through until she spoke about her diagnosis of stage four cancer. And in that moment, April felt led to share her mom's story. And the lady didn't know anything about her mother because April just referred to her as mama. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to stop right here because we won't have time to finish this story. But I, I, I'm just thinking throughout reading this, how the power of prayer, the power of standing on the word of God, and the power of trusting in the Lord. But we'll have to get to that next week. Yes. Praise the Lord and let everything that have breath praise the Lord. And now this week's verse of the day comes from 2 Corinthians 3 and 17. Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now ain't God all right? God, God is, is all right. right. Praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was... What two things should your speech always be with and why? And the answer is grace and seasoned with salt. And the answer can be found in Colossians chapter 4, verse 6. And it reads, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. So if it's seasoned with salt and you use and grace of the Lord, you know exactly what to say to other people. This week's food for thought is when people go down to the sea in ships and do business in the great waters, what do you think they see? Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought. 